It's the Criterion. It's the Criterion. 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 N. 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 Everybody. Welcome to the Criterion Project. This is really fun. We are here to talk about the latest films that we have been watching on the Criterion channel. And I'm joined today, as every week, by my friend Conrado. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah? Um, getting yeah. used to your new place? Getting used to the new place, loving the new place, uh, but you know, doing what we can. The pandemic's still going on and lots of stuff outside, so it's nice to have some time to relax watching some uh, movies and talking about them. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a very, very busy couple of weeks for me uh, with a lot of new things hitting streaming, plus new things in the theater, plus, I don't know, it's just been. Uh, we're trying to gear up. Get, uh, we're already getting ready for Christmas over at Hallmark's podcast. Uh, okay. So it's busy, busy, busy <laughs> for me. <laughs> but it's been good. Yeah. Uh, it's been good. Uh, well, like we do every time on this show, we talk about what we've been watching on the Criterion channel. And mm -hmm. uh, what have you been, aside from our main film, what have you been watching? Yes, um, I will tell you in a second, but first I totally forgot that I had to talk about this. Rachel, I have to thank you in person for your help in my appearance over at um, our friend <laughs> Mark right. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Animation Edition, in which I got asked the question about the movie Sergeant Stubby, which is an animated film about yes. a cute dog that I would have never learned about if it weren't for Rachel Wagner and talking to her about it. So um, That's right. thank you, Rachel, for that. I did not uh, do as well, I think, as I should have. At the end, I should have walked away with the money, but I decided to answer anyway, and that's how they got me. Uh, but yeah. it was a pretty good run. And um, definitely thank you. I'm actually... Not only did you help me with that, getting the answer right, but the people from Sergeant Stubby reached out to me on Twitter and they're going to yes. send me a DVD. I'm so happy. It's so great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, they, uh, they had, I was included in the, the Twitter thread. So I saw that and I was like, yes, He's, now he has no excuse not to watch it. It's I. I think it's really impressive. I mean, I, the reason why I talked about it as much as I did is just because they were a new small company trying to put out, you know, this animated film. And I think they did a really good job and that's not easy to do, uh, to, you know, try to put something out with the, uh, when you're not the DreamWorks and the Disney and the, you know, all that stuff, it's a pretty bold undertaking. And I thought they did a really mm -hmm. good job, especially to do a, a basically a, a war film for that's appropriate for kids, but not make it too, too like silly, you know, like you have to ride that line and that's hard to do as well. And uh, I, so I was very impressed and that doggy is so cute. So I think, I think you'll like it. I I think you right. think it was good. So I'm glad I could help you in your quest for the, mm -hmm. the million. So Yeah. And, <laughs> um, yeah, so you can go see me um 
be a contestant on, on this <laughs> right. uh, game show. And Rachel has also been a contestant. So I you have. Been yeah, um, I've, I've done, I've actually been on three times. The, the first time I, I only made it like two questions in because there was a Flintstones question. So oh, wow. <laughs> I'm forever bitter against Flintstones. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I think you might have made it to the second round this time. Yeah, oh, I, great. I did pretty good. The, the, the second and third time I went on the show because he didn't give me a Flintstone question. Because <laughs> I, I don't know my, my animated television as well as I know animated film. Right. And so that was a brutal question is that like the elks lodge and the flintstones I'm like how the heck am i supposed to know that <laughs> anyway so that's right. fun yeah we'll put a link down if people want to watch uh we'll put a link down to mark's channel uh and you can all watch us play a play this game it's pretty fun but yeah. uh but aside from sergeant stubby which you will be watching uh -huh. as soon as it comes in the mail yes um yeah but over on criterion channel um i've been watching they have this new collection of films by albert brooks mm -hmm. and uh the first one that i've watched even though i do plan to watch them all is called mother from 1996 mm -hmm. um and albert brooks as you know this kind of i guess he's like a Woody Allen kind of comedian in which he writes and directs and he also appears in his movies a lot mm -hmm. of the time and he know you know he has like this kind of neurotic guy sort of thing going on mm -hmm. um, and in the movie he plays a, a writer who's divorced for a second time and I guess because he wants to kind of like figure out why he keeps uh, being with women who leave him and things like that he moves in with his mother who's played by Debbie Reynolds and um I had a lot of fun with this movie. I thought it was uh, pretty funny and I thought Debbie Reynolds was great. I mm -hmm. thought that she plays this kind of overwhelming mother, but she is not, she's also very sweet at the same time. And, and I think that rang very true to me. Um, the idea that I feel like with mothers, at least in my experience, mothers and grandmothers and people like that, when they say things that kind of hurt you and that really make you have a reaction, it's usually said very sweetly and very kindly and it and it and it's either comes or is or is put on as if it's coming from a place of really i'm really worried about whatever really care about you right and i think debbie reynolds really really captured that very very well yeah i think and, so i think she yeah. does a really good job there and I, I i i really enjoyed this movie i think it is so funny like when she, she, when she brings out that giant block of cheese, I just <laughs> and like and and she she freezes the the, the lettuce, the salad. She mm -hmm. gets the salad <laughs> out of the freezer. Yeah, and that makes me laugh because my and and then that the, trying to get him to eat the the ice cream. And mm -hmm. There's like a, a layer of, of of ice crystals on top. <laughs> like, that is anything that has to do with food in the movie. I thought was pretty funny, and, yeah. and also a little. I liked how it was kind of um, not a lot happens in the movie. There's not a lot of plot, and a lot of time is just dedicated to them talking about food and like what are we gonna do about food. And I thought that it was kind of I don't know. It was it felt like relaxing even though it's supposed yeah. to be a little annoying at the same time but also kind of realistic in a yeah. way right because my grandma she was like that with the freezer she would and she uh 
she would have all these like butter containers and she would immediately take like whatever little tiny scraps were left over and she'd stick it in butter containers and she'd just have like tons of butter containers in her fridge and and instead of eating like something that's fresh she would take she would put the fresh thing in the freezer and take out the frozen thing and eat that and we would be like no don't do that and uh yeah like getting out the giant block of cheese uh it was totally totally my grandma and uh, <laughs> i mean i just love they go to the they go to the grocery store and they're doing the she keeps she keeps going around and around and around trying to find a spot he's like i'm getting dizzy here and he like he's like trying to get her to buy the nice jam and that's like, the hardest thing for her it's just he's like why don't you why aren't you you can afford the nice jam you don't need to buy like the giant thing of of bad jam and he kind of he's trying to push her to kind of live more of a full life and uh but then at the same time he kind of becomes open to uh her as a real person and i think that's something that happens to us i mean i think he's probably a little old to have that experience but i still think that's a thing that for most of us we reach a kind of a point where we our our parents become just like us and we we've humanized them they aren't the authority figures anymore and i think he kind of has that moment where he realizes his mom is is human definitely um yeah i think yes i think you're right and i think we enjoy the same things about the movie for the most part i would say that the thing that i wasn't totally convinced by was more the albert brooks character and what you're talking about i think you're right that he is a little old to be having these realizations and i think it's also um and i also think you're right that he is he is making a very uh human and valid realization seeing her his mom as a full person I also feel like the movie is a little um, simplistic about that. Like it really um, saves their relationship and totally um, transforms it in a way that I think it's not really uh, how it would go down in mm -hmm. real life or in a real relationship. And I also found him a little kind of uh, kind of annoying. I feel like the movie was a little bit too much on his side. I don't know. Mm. I am. I am interested in watching the rest of the Albert Brooks movies, though. Mm -hmm. I, I think he is very funny, and he has a definitely yeah. a, a particular point of view that I want to keep exploring. Well, I knew you were going to bring up Mother, and so I thought I would talk about uh, Defending Your Life. I watched that, actually, this morning. I watched Defending Your Life, which rewatched it. This is a movie I love. Uh, you know, I love movies about the afterlife and kind of making our decisions and kind of what's going to happen. I love Afterlife by Corida. It's one of my favorites. Um, and I love Defending Your Life. And it's so good. It, Albert Brooks, he plays this man who, who at the very beginning of the movie gets hit by a bus and he gets sent to this place called Judgment City, which is this midway place between, uh, between Earth and the next, the next step. And, uh, and depending on how you lived your life, uh, the sort of the accommodations at Judgment City uh, are different. So Meryl Streep, she like saved 
children from a burning building so she's in this like super plush really nice place and albert brooks is at the continental which is like this this you know worn down <laughs> place and, <laughs> and the whole like the whole conceit of it is that you have a certain amount of days to defend your life and if you we had a literal court there's there's a court and you have an attorney who's and there's a prosecutor who's going to be trying to show that you didn't live a good enough life and if you didn't live live a good enough life then you have to go back and try again and there's actually a movie theater at judgment city where you can watch all of your previous lives and some people have tried 20 more times some people have all these times it's very clever very smart and uh, and so he gets rip torn as his uh, attorney and uh, they kind of the whole sort of the thrust of the movie is that he has never been brave, that he's always acted in fear in his life. And, uh, and the whole time he's kind of meeting this Meryl Streep character and kind of falling in love with her. So it's, it's a romance. It's also, you know, a think piece that makes you think about your life and what your sort of defense would be. And, it's really fun. I love it. I really enjoyed rewatching it. And uh, I think uh, it's not a religious movie uh, at all. Um, so it, I think anybody would, would, would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. sounds great. I, I, yeah. I, yeah, like I said, I definitely want to keep watching more of Albert Brooks stuff now that it's on the channel. Um, I feel like it wasn't super available before, at least not in streaming. So I'm happy to have this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sounds like a lot of fun. There's definitely this, like, it's like a mini genre, right, of movies about, like, afterlife that are not necessarily yeah. religious folk. You know, I'm thinking right. of like, Heaven Can Wait, mm-hmm. um, especially the Ernst Lubitsch version the from the 40s. Mm-hmm. And also, um, what's the one that's the British one called? Is it A Matter of Life and Death? Have you seen that one? Ah! Um- yeah that's by um you know um um, what powell and pressburger from uh you know we did the red shoes in this show and they Mm. did this this story Mm. about this it's kind of similar this man who who dies and then he has to you know appeal in uh there seems to be this idea that the afterlife is full of courts and people that you have to like (laughs) somehow prove yourself to so that's kind of interesting I know I love it and there's lots on television too there's the good place and then there's mm-hmm. drop dead diva had that same kind of thing and there's a number of, of sort of shows that involve it as well right. and uh, it's it's usually pretty entertaining so yeah it, you'll have to let me know if you watch this one what you think mm-hmm. I really Definitely. like it so very good I, that's been that I was so glad you pointed it out to me because oh because I love these are the only two of his I've seen, but I love both of them. And uh, so I'm excited to, to watch True Romance and some of his other uh, stuff that's, that's on there. But let's dive in to the, uh, the shorts that we're, that we're covering today. We actually were watching the animation celebration. This is six animated shorts. And this mm-hmm. is included in the Saturday matinee uh, section. And, you know, I love animation, so this is a natural thing to to watch. We both love animation, uh, but I was actually a little bit nervous because 
I actually have kind of a rocky relationship with the animated shorts at Sundance. They always do this animated short festival or whatever and showcase animated short showcase. And I usually hate them all. <laughs> Every <laughs> once in a while there'll be like one that I like. Um, but there, I just feel like they are all so try hard trying to be Don Hertzfeld and in like, try hards mm. trying to beat on Hertzfeld is like the most insufferable thing i can imagine and um like you know right. what i mean he makes it look easy but it's yeah not. he does that's right and uh and so i was a little bit nervous kind of watching these but i ended up loving him i thought it was, was such a fun thing and i i mean aside from me being grumpy at sundance for the most part i love animated shorts i think they're mm -hmm. so fun so you're saying that you like this collection, the, mm -hmm. the Criterion I, Animation Celebration? I did, yeah. Oh, what, great. Did you? Yeah, I think for the most part, I like them. I like, obviously, some more than others. Like, mm -hmm. it's always going to happen with shorts. Sure. But I thought it was a pretty good crop in general. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So do you want to go through them one by one or something like uh, that? Yeah, let's do that. So the first one is the... Uh, big, big, sorry the first one is the be gone dull care and this is by norman mclaren and evelyn lambart from 1949 mm -hmm. and this is uh and hold on just a second let me get the um yeah so it is a, a kind of experimental short um made by the national film board of canada um both of those directors mclaren and lambart uh, worked with the film board a lot. Actually, McLaren has another short in this collection. And um, yeah. this one, it says, how would you describe this one? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's similar to uh, the what you might have seen in like the package films of the 40s for Disney, like in something like Make Mine Music or Melody Time or something like that. There's a, um, uh, there's a short, I think it's in Melody Time, with a um uh, a, a little bee that um is kind of battling against the different musical mm -hmm. instruments right and it's, with fly to the bumblebee yeah. and that kind of reminded me a little bit of that yeah also the, the first short the kind of the abstract short in fantasia although that's mm -hmm. not as animated as this because this is kind of like jazz music right and there's right. like lights and and um you know scratches and then mm -hmm. the it's almost like I think they're animating by drawing on the film itself, which is uh, kind of like a technique that it was experimented on at the time mm -hmm. instead of doing like, you know, drawings and then taking like photographing them. Um, and I don't know about you, but I really love this one. It's, it's short, but it's, um, it's kind of like an experience. And I love jazz music. So I just kind of like sat down and let all the colors pop and, and I had a great time. Yeah. I really enjoyed it too. I, I mean, I love Fantasia and I love, uh, you know, the whole idea of short shorts with, uh, that are, uh, portraying music, I think is really great. And, uh, so this fits right in there with that. And, and it says in this extraordinary short animation, Evelyn Lambert and Norman McLaren painted colors, shapes, and transformations directly onto their film strip. The result is a vivid interpretation in fluid lines and color of jazz music played by the Oscar Peterson trio. Mm -hmm. So they actually were etching onto the film strip itself, which is yeah. such a thing. 
crazy, right? And and mm-hmm. and it looks incredible. I think this was one of my favorites, actually. I really, I really loved it, and I loved the idea. The music is great, and the and the animation is timed so well to the music, which is so hard to do, especially mm-hmm. back then. So I was I was very very impressed and very delighted by. Yeah, it was really nice, nice bright colors. And uh, so I think that was nice. Um, all right. Then the next one is one of the rare shorts that I actually liked that I saw at Sundance. This was in 2017. It's called The Burden. And uh, it's described as a dark musical and enacted in a modern marketplace situated next to a large freeway. The employees of the various commercial venues portrayed as animals deal with boredom and existential anxiety by performing cheerful musical turns. The apocalypse is a tempting liberator. I'm not sure I really got that about the apocalypse. I have to say from watching it, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know why it's called the burden, Mm -hmm. but it's very charming and fun. And I love the song. Uh, yeah. What do you you think of this one? I, I'm, I'm glad that you liked it because I also, I kind of loved it. I think it's also yeah. one of my favorites um, of, the, of the set. And um, first of all, it's directed by Nikki Lindroth von Barr, who is a Swedish um, animator. And apparently she's had a, a couple of shorts um, at different festivals. So I'm not surprised that you saw this at Sundance. This, was, this short apparently did pretty well in the festival circuit back in 2017. And like you said, it's kind of this thing where it's stop motion, right? And it's got these animal characters, um, but it's not like cute kind of cartoony animals, but it's almost like, like there's kind of like dolls and they've been put these animal faces on them. The fish yeah. are really weird looking and um, there's some ma- mice and then there's, yeah. um, I think it's some monkeys, right? And working at a kind of like yep. a call center and they all kind of like, they work in this sterile environment and then they start singing these songs about like, when I'm going to be free of my burden. And mm-hmm. it, you know what it reminded me most of is um, the movies of also a Swedish director. So maybe there's something going on there in Scandinavia. Um, Roy Anderson, I think we talked about one of his movies when I was over at your podcast talking about the best of mm-hmm. 2007, maybe the movie You the Living, which mm-hmm. is kind of this like sketches or like brief scenes of like people living kind of their very, I guess, kind of miserable, but also kind of mm-hmm. um, ridiculous, mundane life. It's kind of this um, very, um, um, what do you call it? It's very dry, but also very kind of droll humor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's the vibe that I got from this. Yeah, back when I saw it in my review, uh, it was actually in 2018 uh, Sundance uh, that I saw it. It was, uh, I wrote uh, in my review, I said, this is a delightful stop motion musical about a bunch of animals living their day-to-day lives you have fish looking for love, monkeys in a call center, and a mice tap dancing. It was so funny, and the music was so much fun. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, st- I still really enjoyed it. And, yeah, I love the uh, the the mouse, um, tap dancing mouse uh, um, jan- janitor. <laughs> so so well done as well. That, yeah. uh, that's going to be so hard to do, like animate tap dancing stop motion. I, I Yeah. 
I, I really love this one. And of course, I love anything that's kind of about how um, the grind of day-to-day -day work is going to slowly mm -hmm. suck your soul and all you want is to be liberated from that. So yeah. that's what I got from the song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I love yeah, themes of sort of work. And I, I still wasn't sure why it was called The Burden. I mean, is work the burden? Mm -hmm. I think the burden eye? is kind of the, the meaningless existence of day-to-day -day without anything mm -hmm. bigger, right? Yeah interesting yeah it's really fun and so if, if people if if i if you have the criterion channel you should mm -hmm. watch it why yeah, who knows how long it'll be there but you should watch it because it's really yeah. just really cute yeah. also uh, one more thing that yeah. it just occurred to me is that i don't know what i would have done if i had seen this as a kid like if they had put it on tv or something and i was just <laughs> flipping channels and found that thing i feel like i would have been like hypnotized and also kind of like creeped out at the same time but also kind mm -hmm. of one of those things when you're a kid when you're afraid of something but that makes you want to watch mm -hmm. it even more yeah yeah I can see that. that's kind of the vibe that i got from this mm -hmm. i can see that uh all right then next is called coda and this uh is from 2013 and it's described as a lost soul stumbles drunkenly through the city at night in a park death finds him and shows him many things uh, this multi-award winning animated short film begins as a as a chilling cautionary tale but ends on a heartwarming note and the main message of this one is that the the the, the little things in life uh, raining music a little gathering with the family the death is portrayed as something calm and that at the same uh, that at the same point is something that we are going to all experience. And I liked mm -hmm, the way mm -hmm. that the everything kind of morphed from one uh, from one thing to the next. The animation really flowed. I thought in a really nice way, and it almost had sort of a one take almost feel to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, this one was probably. I, I liked it quite a bit. It's probably my least favorite, actually, but I do, I do think it's pretty good. At the beginning, I feel like it got a little bit, um, it took a little while to get to where it wanted to go. Um, it, you know, you start with this guy at the bar and whatever, but once it gets to the really the animation stuff and things start to get more abstract and you have this kind of journey through life and death, and like you say, the animation is really fluid, that's where it really... I got more interested in it. And mm -hmm. I think that um, was uh, really well done. It's an Irish mm -hmm. film, I think. And mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's some very nice um, Irish accents in it. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It was more, I think, an art piece than, uh, than anything else. But uh, I, yeah, I, I really, I definitely really enjoyed it. And so then we had the uh, chair, the cherry tail. A cherry tale and this is from 1957 uh this is a it's directed by claude jutra and norman mclaren like you said norman mclaren uh 1957 experimental short uh shows jutra's daring and an original approach to filmmaking early on in his career now this one for me was my least favorite mm. i i thought it I don't know. I, I, I felt like if they were going to do kind of a, I don't know, like a Buster Keaton, Harold Lloyd kind of like make it kind of this silly 
thing with this chair that it it needed it should have been like a little more over the top than it was and so i don't know it was my least favorite i can see that so this is kind of like um half live action animation right so this guy who's a a guy a live action Mm -hmm. actor and there's this chair and he's trying to sit in the chair and then the chair has been animated to like move around and kind of not let him sit in it right and I think I kind of agree with you. I mean, I liked it for what it was. I thought the music was cool. And um, and it definitely made me think of, like, what would a silent comedian have done with this technique, right? Um, I feel like 1957 is, is a little, it's, it's a little late for, you know, that to be applied to, a, to a, like a mainstream comedy movie. I feel like comedy was at a different place at that point. But I, I was wondering, like, what would, like you say, like if Buster Keaton or like Harold Lloyd or Charlie Chaplin, I feel like they would have had a lot of fun playing with this idea mm-hmm. of animating the chair. And, and I guess, and I totally see what you're saying. It could have had more gags, right? Mm-hmm. Or it could have, like, the, the gags are kind of like a little repetitive. It's just he tries to sit and it doesn't. And then the chair is animated in very, various different ways, which I think it's kind of what they were trying to go for is the experimental nature of it. I think they just wanted to see what, how can they animate the chair doing different stuff more so than trying to come up with like funny gags, which you think would have been cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it was interesting to, you know, cause it's sort of a piece of animation history, but yeah, it was, it was my least favorite of, of the group, but, but yeah, I mean, it just made me think of uh, in, um, uh, in Easter parade, there's an, an incredible, whole dance uh routine that fred astaire does where it's just him and his hat mm-hmm. uh and he has actually has another one in east parade where he's dancing with a drum that's really amazing uh and so you can do i mean he famously danced with a with a vacuum right, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. so something like maybe something like that might have helped it a little bit but it's it, you know, it's interesting as a uh, historical piece of animation that i'd never seen before so Mm-hmm. um okay then we have weekends and this is probably the one with the most story out of any of them i think for this and it's by trevor jimenez it's 2017 a surreal rush of impressionistic hand-drawn animation evokes sans dialogue the dream world of a young boy growing up in toronto as he bounces between the disparate worlds of his divorced parents mm-hmm. uh, what, what do you think of this one so this one I had actually seen before because it got nominated for an Oscar a couple of years ago. Um, mm. And uh, so I had seen it when I was catching up with those shorts. Um, it lost to Bao, by the way, that was the like, oh, okay. short about the little dumpling. Um, but I really liked it at the time and I still really like it. It's kind of like, I feel like it starts out pretty funny about this story about you know, the kid is, is spends weekends with his dad, but lives with his mom during the week. And it's kind of this thing of like how it's different to be with living with like a single man than it is with, with the mother. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it kind of becomes more and more, um, I guess, touching as it goes mm-hmm. along. It kind of like this weird feeling of um, him realizing that his mom is going through something, but, um, kind of not really knowing what that exactly is because he's so young, but he knows that something's going on, right? And it's kind of this kind of weird, kind of melancholic feeling mm-hmm. to it. And, yeah. I thought, and I thought it's pretty good. I, like, I really liked it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I thought it had uh, an emotional uh, tug to it that I definitely responded to. Uh, I, I especially loved the whole sequence where they're uh, getting the Christmas tree decorated and and uh, and then you know, him kind of being torn between the different houses that, during the holidays. That's definitely mm-hmm. something I think a lot of people can relate to. I love the whole watercolor look of the animation. I thought it was really uh, perfect for, for the story. Uh, mm-hmm. and so I enjoyed that. And yeah, I, I think it was, this is the, uh, this is the one that's like, it has the most story, I think to it of any of the ones that we talked about. Yeah. It's the least abstract, even mm-hmm. though it has some dream sequences that are pretty, pretty cool mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the last one is called solar walk and this is from 2018 uh, by Reike Buski from Denmark and it's this award-winning animated mind bender is a by turns whimsical mysterious and psychotropic vision of deep space discovery so yeah I, I I said in this one if you like a surreal and spontaneous animated movie uh, then mm-hmm. um, then this uh, is a uh, um, then this yeah. is something you'll like. If you like things that are a little more surreal. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely very trippy, very kind of, um, uh, uh, now the word's escaping me, the kind of like when you, free association kind of thing, right? Like one thing happens and then something happens and then some, and it just keeps going into these weird, um, abstract, bizarre places. I think it's perfect for anyone who likes kind of like the Adult Swim animation, like mm-hmm. late night Cartoon Network. Um, perhaps for someone who's a stoner or likes that kind of like hallucinatory experience um but also just for anyone who likes like the trippy stuff right i mean there's some images that i thought were pretty um i don't know the moment when the big dog comes over and then he pees and the pee is a space and then they the astronauts kind of like just jump into this pool of space that's been created by the dog is it's all very like what's going on it's kind yeah. of yeah right yeah and uh this is the most uh that's kind of don hertzfeldish i think uh of the uh of these ones that we uh um that we talked about i mean he he just he kind of started a a movement that a lot of people got real excited about and that uh, this is a little bit i mean it's not exactly the same but i just think in tone and sort of abstraction it's kind of similar to his his uh style yeah i think the biggest difference is that don hertzfeld seems to be a little bit more i don't want to say depressed but he seems to be more philosophical right Mm -hmm. there's a lot of talk in his movies and there's all these ideas and this is the opposite there's almost no talk i think maybe there's not that's true and it's more about the visuals and and just one idea to the other, right? And just this crazy images. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's perhaps yeah. a little longer than I would want it to be. It's like yeah. a little- 21 little minutes. Bit, 21 minutes, pretty long, but it's got some really memorable moments and images mm-hmm. in it that yeah. I think I'm gonna remember for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, so uh, in general, did you enjoy the uh, this um, collection then? Mm-hmm. I yeah, enjoyed it a lot. I think the only the only 
problem, if you can call it even that, that I would have with the collection is that I feel like it is uh, front loaded, at least for me, my two favorites were uh, the first two shorts. So mm -hmm. it, it felt like it was kind of, it's always hard when you have a, such a great experience at the beginning and then you want to see something that catches up to that and then it's, everything is good, but it's just mm -hmm. not quite on that level. And then you're, uh, you can't help but be a little bit disappointed, I guess. Yeah. My favorites was The Burden and Weekend. So I didn't mm -hmm. quite have that experience, but I still enjoyed all of them to some yeah. degree or another. I, what do you think makes this a criterion uh, or for criterion channel? Mm -hmm. I think, well, I think I really like the idea of Criterion Channel um, showcasing shorts because mm -hmm. I think um, for a long time, and even still to this day, it's really hard to watch uh, shorts and a lot of people are not very interested in watching shorts, right? Mm -hmm. um, even though there's not that much difference between watching a short and watching like a episode of a TV cartoon, for example, at least in this case. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's something different about it and people are not as interested. There's also what you were saying that these are independent a lot of the time. They don't have the, the channels or the studios to back them up. And so I really like the idea of showcasing them and then showcasing something that's different from, from what you would usually watch on a Nickelodeon mm -hmm. or a Disney channel, right? Well, and I, people really should keep their eye on the shorts because that's how, how a lot of people... Um, very popular directors got their starts in animated shorts. I mean, just off the top of my head, you have someone like uh, Tim Burton or, um, you know, the everybody at Pixar, they all started, it was shorts. You have, uh, there, there's, a, there's a, you know, a lot of people, I mean, even I mean, if you wanted to go back all the way to Walt Disney himself, he got started with shorts. Um, so it's, it's, it's a really important, but, but Ralph Bashke and Bill Plimpton and, um, uh, you know, all the, the um, kind of important Tom Moore, any, any important animator kind of working today, uh, mm -hmm. they started with shorts. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so it's kind of important, I think, to keep, uh, keep your eye on on these sh short makers uh, because those are the people that we're going to see in 10 uh, maybe not even that long years uh, coming mm -hmm. up making our features and so it's yeah. really important to to do and uh, so yeah I think that that alone I think is important for uh, for Criterion but I just really enjoy shorts I I, yeah. I, I, I always have yeah not only what you're saying but also a lot of the time shorts is where the animators can really do the crazy stuff that mm -hmm. I mean they can't do in a feature right because there's like these commercial uh, problems and requirements for a movie that is like a full-length feature that's going to appear in, in movie theaters mm -hmm. or you know on Netflix or whatever so yeah. it's very rare that you get a movie that actually experiments you know we got Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse a couple of years ago and that felt right. so crazy because it was experimenting in a way that that feature length films rarely do but in right. the shorts you can see a lot of that kind of experimentation yeah exactly uh yeah what are some of your favorite uh shorts animated shorts oh all right yes yeah, so well okay Ooh, i have so many because like you said we both love animation <laughs> so much so i don't know what to 
say i will say i do love the looney tunes they're like mm -hmm. one of my of, of all the classic uh, hollywood shorts cartoons um looney tunes are my favorite mm -hmm. and um i love chuck jones who did obviously mm -hmm. some of the most famous ones like duck amok and what's opera doc mm -hmm. but one of his that i feel like maybe doesn't get as much attention that i love is one that's called feed the kitty i don't know if you've seen it um, I don't think so. I yeah. don't know that name, at least. Yeah, it's not as uh, popular, I think, because it doesn't feature any of the major Looney Tunes characters. It's about this dog and um, who's kind of like a big bulldog and, and who finds a little kitty. And he loves the kitty, but he's afraid that the, the um, I guess, his owner, who the, the woman of the house, the mother, I guess, doesn't want to... Um, have any more animals in the house or something like that so he's trying to hide the kitty from the mom and it is so funny because it shows like how good jack jones is at drawing different poses and making the characters make like these hilarious expressions with their faces um it also is the inspiration i don't know if you remember in monsters inc the moment when um sully thinks that Boo has been put through the garbage uh, disposal machine. Uh, remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... There's a moment where, where he thinks it's just the costume, but he thinks it's actually Boo in there, and he's, like, kind of, like, really distressed looking at how he thinks she's been basically destroyed in this machine. Um, the inspiration for that comes from Feed the Kitty in a scene in which the dog thinks that the cat has been put in the oven. And, the, and, and basically he makes all these crazy expressions that are kind of similar to what Sully does in, in the Monsters, Inc. movie. Oh. So that's a little tidbit of yeah, influence. That's um, interesting. But yeah, it's, I love Feed the Kitty. I think it's so funny. That's really cool. I, I love Looney Tunes. I'm right there with you on that. Uh, they're so good. We did, me and Stanford uh, did, talked about it on episode of our animation podcast, um, the Bugs Bunny movie, which is just like a package film of uh, Bugs uh, episodes uh, from Looney Tunes. And so you should check that out. I, I, I just love, yeah, I love the Looney Tunes. Uh, we also just recently did an episode on the UPA shorts and they have some really, really cool ones there, um, including uh, a version of the Telltale Heart by mm -hmm. um, Edgar Allan Poe's uh, poem. And it was really cool. I liked that a lot. Um, I love the snowman, uh, the, um, uh, I can't think of his name all of a sudden, but anyway, it's a really, there's a lot of nice holiday shorts. Uh, from UPA? Um, no, just from in general. I I love um, I yeah the snowman. I love the Grinch. I love um, I, I mean Charlie Brown's like a longer uh short, but I you know I love Charlie Brown. I love mm. um those. I was, I have a lot of those that I love. I mean I love the Pixar shorts, Luxo Junior, Red's Dream. I love um La La Luna. It's one of my favorites. Um, there, uh, there's another one from the '80s that I love called "The Big Snit." Uh, it's about a um, mm -hmm. a couple that <laughs> is a uh, playing is so caught up in their game of um, Scrabble that they don't realize there's an apocalypse happening around them. Mm -hmm. 
That's yeah. really funny. That one's a good one. Uh, um, of the big snit and also my my cat, I guess, related shorts. Um, also from the people who did the big snit from the National Board, Board of Canada. Have you seen The Cat Came Back? That's also uh-uh. one of my favorites. And then is the story about basically this song about the, an old man who finds a cat and tries to get rid of the cat, but the cat keeps coming back to his house. This is one of the funniest shorts I have ever seen, Rachel. As you <laughs> can see, good. I really love the funny shorts and it's on YouTube uh-huh. and you have yeah. to watch it. It is so I funny. Will. The cat came back. That sounds really good. Um, Wallace and Gromit, of course, had some <laughs> great shorts that I love. Um, the I love the paper man short i think that one's really oh, yeah. beautiful mm-hmm. um world of tomorrow. Hurts, like we said oh you were just about to say yeah tomorrow. Hurdle tomorrow even though i don't feel like i completely understand it <laughs> I am, <it's, laughs> yeah. even all these times i've seen it mm-hmm. um there's a really great one called pearl about a girl growing up and it's all sort of feels like one take that one i really like uh then um uh you have hair love you know, dear basketball had Piper um, recently, uh, and uh, there's a little hidden gem uh, by an animator named James Stewart, not the actor, <laughs> animator called Foxed. And if it's a really cool, cute little, well, not cute, it's, it's a horror um, short, but it's very clever and uh, about uh, a... Uh, little girl who gets abducted by these foxes and is forced to to dig underground and uh, you have to see it it's it, you can watch it if you just look it up online um but it's really good i i love um uh vincent from it was tim burton's first uh um film they ever did uh really good uh so there's there's tons of great animated shorts we could talk uh, we could do a whole episode easy on uh, on so many good ones totally yeah so uh so yeah i would guess we didn't say where the where the animation celebration ranks on the pretentiousness scale mm, uh, right. what do you think um i think it varies from short to short um for sure yeah but i think they definitely all um are on the middle upper middle part of the scale mm-hmm. i would say between a six to seven kind of thing yeah that's Um, what i had a seven yeah they're definitely you know just because animation has been so linked to family entertainment and a specific kind of movie and short i think these animators are really trying to do something different and and say that it's animation can do more than just the thing that most people are associated Mm -hmm. with you know yes i agree uh, and so we, instead of doing our remake for this episode, where we usually do a pitch for a remake, uh, we decided to say, which one of these do we think would we green light for a feature film? And even though The Burden is probably my favorite, I think I would green light Weekends. It's just the one that has the most mm-hmm. for a feature film, I think. Yeah. Um, I would definitely watch a feature-length version of Weekends, especially if they keep this animation style. And I would also really be interested to see a version that also tries to keep the the kind of uh, very little dialogue style mm-hmm. that is in Weekends, you know, see yeah. how, how far they can go with that. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, that would be interesting to see. Um, 
the one that I picked was actually The Burden, um, just because, like I said, it made me think of Roy Anderson and he makes feature length films. So I'm like, I will watch 90 minutes of these animals singing and doing um, about their, you know, their mundane lives and, and being kind of this um, dour comedy kind of thing. So, yeah. I, would be, like I mean, I would be very curious to see what they would come up with. I can't deny that. No. Uh, that's funny. So very good. Well, this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed watching these. It was a nice, bright, uh, fun thing to do yesterday. So why don't you tell everybody what you picked it's your, it's your month uh, or your episode next time. Uh, so what have you picked? Yeah, so next time I think we're going to go for something um, light and funny. So we have picked um, from 1933, the Marx Brothers Duck Soup. So I don't know about you, Rachel, but I don't have that much experience with the Marx Brothers. I have heard and read a lot about them and I've seen some of their movies, but I am interested in um, getting more acquainted. And since Duck Soup has been added to the channel, I thought it was a perfect time to talk about these kind of like comedy legends. Yeah. Yeah. I actually reviewed Duck Soup for my Blind Spot project back in 2017. Um, and uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's a little bit different than I was thinking it would be. Um, but, uh, but I thought it was funny. I laughed. I actually gave it an A plus at the time. So I really enjoyed yeah. it. So it'll be fun to revisit it. And uh, it has some more political stuff and some other things that, that you're not expecting from mm -hmm. the time. But, uh, but I, uh, I enjoyed it. So um, it'll be interesting to see what you think. Yeah. Yeah, I have seen it before, but it was such a long time ago that I barely remember any of it. So I'm really excited to revisit. It's very physical uh, comedy uh, that uh, that they do with a lot of like mm -hmm. trips and flips and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah so join us next time. Yeah. Especially with Harpo. He's the one that mm. gets a lot of the physical kind of, uh, but yeah. Right. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we'll look forward to doing that next time. That'll be a lot of fun. And if you've seen any of these shorts on Criterion channel, let us know what you think of them and it, and let in, us know in the comments or on Twitter at Criterion Pod what are some of your favorite animated shorts. We'd love to hear and we'll retweet any of those that you send over. Uh, that would be really fun. And uh, so, Conrado, where can people find you? You can find me on the internet on Twitter at Coco Hits New York, or you can uh, go to my blog, which is CocoHitsNY.wordpress.com. Um, I've been reading more often than I used to, so um, there's a bunch of reviews and uh, little essays and articles that you can find there. So if you're interested in any more thoughts. Great. Yeah, we'll have that all in the description section. And you can follow me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. I've been working really hard the last couple of weeks, posting a lot of reviews and content. So please check that out. I would really appreciate it. We also have the Hallmarkies podcast and we are gearing up and we're going to be starting our Christmas previews in October, believe it or not. So it's going to be before you know it. So make sure you're following the Hallmarkies podcast 
And uh, thanks so much. Uh, this was a lot of fun. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye, everyone. See you next time. Yay. It's the Criterion. It's the Criterion. 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 N. 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 Criterion.